En USPS entregamos más paquetes para que tú también puedas hacerlo. ¡Llegaron mis zapatos de fútbol! Más rápido de lo que esperaba. ¿Entrega para la futura deportista? ¡Huepa! Llegó la sortija y le va a encantar. Está en ella. ¿Entrega para una futura esposa? ¡Oye! ¡Llegó mi nueva computadora! ¡Uh! ¿Entrega para una futura startup? En USPS, sin importar el negocio que tengas, siempre estaremos entregando por ti. Entregamos para todos. Conoce más en USPS.com diagonal para todos. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to Fear It Goes. Today we are talking to Christina Marlat. She believes that women have the power to change the world, and she's right. But first, they have to address the fact that they need to take care of their own lives, starting with self-care and themselves first. And we go way beyond bubble baths, chocolate, and wine. This podcast is not just for women. Listeners, female, male, it's so important to give yourself the oxygen mask first, because if you're not here, no one else can give what you give. This podcast is all about how to be selflessly selfish. We need to readjust the way that we see selfishness and really do something that matters in the world. And it starts with us. Welcome to Fear It Goes, the podcast all about taking your fears with you and doing it anyway. I'm your host, Brandi Taylor. Welcome to Fear It Goes, Christina. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, so excited to have you. Well, I'm grinning from ear to ear, which you can see, <laughs> but the listeners cannot. No, they can't. It's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> we always have so much fun together. <laughs> yes, we do. So today's guest is Christina Marlette, and we are discussing courageous self-care and what that really means. So often we just get so busy, so busy. I think that's part of our epidemic in, in Western society is we're just so busy. We just take on so much and we forget or we brush aside how unbelievably important it is to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others. So speaking of, I think we should actually really define what self-care really is, because I think that's often misunderstood. Absolutely. Yeah, there are. So I'll give you some bullet points about what I've learned about self-care in the last three and a half years of really taking a deep dive into what it is. So self-care is both external and internal. And when we, I like to use the analogy of a lotus flower. Hmm. So when we think about self-care, often we think about just the flower, the part we can see, the, that's our, it represents our body. So the body is what we can see. It's what comes up first when we think of self-care, like, oh, I could get a pedicure. That would make my body look nice and it would represent some me time. Or I could get a massage that's taking care of my body. So that is definitely one form of self-care. It's super important. It also is things like great nutrition, getting adequate rest. Uh, these are the typical things we think of with self-care, exercise and hydration. And then, so the reason that those are all important is because they give us energy and they allow us to live longer and feel great while we are going through our lives. 
And then at the same time, there's also internal self-care. And this is, if we're going back to the lotus flower, it's the roots. It's the murky, nebulous, mysterious, unknown. And it can be messy. And mm -hmm. that is why a lot of people either don't have the awareness that that's self-care or they avoid it because when we go inside to look at our belief systems, to look at how we're behaving, how we're showing up in life, how we're reacting, those aspects of self-care, how we're treating ourselves, are we judging, are we judging others, uh, taking responsibility for what happens in our lives, all of these are internal self-care practices that give even more energy than when we focus on the external. And this is speaking from my personal experience. So I used to practice only external self-care because I wanted more energy. I knew that energy was important. This is even going back to when I was in high school. And when I then shifted into, I, there was just something more that I was missing. I didn't know what it was, but I felt like there was this holy grail of energy that I wanted to tap into. Once I took a deep dive into personal development, I went on this 10-year odyssey. <laughs> I realized, oh, there's so much more to me than just my body. And that's where I found lasting transformation was by practicing what I now call internal self-care. That's amazing. And it's, it's so prevalent to what we were just talking about. That's right. <laughs> With understanding the self and, and talking about judgment. So... Very often, and I'm absolutely one to speak from experience recently, <laughs> but talking about the way we judge ourselves. So I've done this, I've, I've experienced this, um, I'm in a place that I don't, I don't like, I feel bad about this. I'm judging myself instead of allowing myself to find the most incredible, creative opportunities that come out of these experiences. Now, when we judge ourselves, we don't allow ourselves any of these opportunities. And this is why I think so many people choose not to look at self-care internal or why they're afraid to go internally, why they're afraid to spend some time with them, their true self is because there's these layers of judgment, these layers of resentment, these layers of shame or guilt or whatever emotion sitting on top of who they really are and right. what they have available to them inside. Yeah, that makes me think of, so a lot of the way that people come to me is because they're overwhelmed. Right. And there are, I've identified three different um, three different kinds of overwhelm. So do you want to know them? Yes, <laughs> of course I do. Do you guys want to know them? Of course you do. Bring it, Christina. <laughs> so first of all, there's energetic overwhelm. And if you think about time and money and abundance and lack, all of these are forms of energy. So we might say, I'm so busy. I don't have enough time. That's getting overwhelmed by the energy of time. Also, I don't have enough money for that. I, I can't afford that. I want to do it, but I can't. That's the energy of money. And all of these are going into the continuum of lack and abundance. On one side is lack. On the other side of, is abundance. We're taught to focus more on the lack so that we buy things that people are selling us. So that's one kind of overwhelm. It's energetic. And of course, there's something we can do about that. The second kind of overwhelm is personal and interpersonal. 
So our relationships can cause us overwhelm. Mm -hmm. How we are showing up for ourselves can cause us overwhelm. The judgment can cause us overwhelm. So there's a lot of dynamics at play of just being a human. And when we let those pile up and we never deal with them, overwhelming. And then the third kind of overwhelm is really personal and it's emotional overwhelm. So this is what you're talking about. When we have unprocessed emotions, and for most, for the most part, people are not taught how to process emotions masterfully. They are reacting to the emotions. They're allowing themselves to be on this emotional roller coaster, which is super draining. And there are ways that we can easily move through emotions because they're only meant to last 90 seconds. They're energy in motion. And so when we learn these strategies on how to deal with these emotions in a mature and masterful way, we can move through that overwhelm. And uh, the last thing I'll say about emotional overwhelm is the way that most people deal with emotions is to either suppress them or save them for later or to numb them out using various forms of addictions. And so all of those are extremely overwhelming. And at a certain point, it just doesn't work anymore. Right. Some people just choose to avoid their emotions, right? If I just avoid this, then I don't have to deal with it, but that's not the way emotions work. Right. Emotions will sit there and pile up until you have no choice but to deal with it. And then it becomes this convoluted experience because it's no longer just the one emotion. Often it's like a kind of a pile, a pile of emotions all mixed together, trying to sort itself out, trying to be released. And it is an energy that just can be moved, can just be processed and moved as it should be. Yeah. So with courageous self-care, there's actually 12 skill sets on learning how to take great care of yourself, both internally and externally. And obviously we're not going to get into all of them, but the result on the other side, like I, I have this vision of kind of who I was before I learned about courageous self-care and who I am now. And I see this in so many women too. And the way I like to explain it is a woman comes in to, I've I've seen lots of these women come into an event and I'm working the registration table and her hair is kind of flying all over the place and she's out of breath (laughs) and her coat is askew and, and she plunks her purse down and she's like, I made it. I made it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And she kind of is the storm. She is the chaos. And I definitely used to live this way. And then we start to learn about courageous self-care and we practice it and we put these skill sets into play. And on the other side is the woman who shows up and she's well put together, not because it's important to her to, well, it is important to look good. She understands the importance of looking good. And she is, she's not the chaos anymore. She's the calm in the center of the storm. So it's not that you're going to make all your problems go away and you're not going to have obstacles in your life and challenges, but when they come to you, you experience them for what they are, which is gifts. And there's gratitude involved. And she comes and she's organized and she, regardless of what happened on the way there, maybe the very same thing happened to the chaos lady, but she just shows up. She is grounded. She is clear. She knows what she wants to get out of the event. And what I call that side is peaceful productivity. So you still get to be productive. You still get to be creative and you're not using all of your energy to manage the storm. Like I said, you're the calm in the center of the storm. And there's this peace that emanates from this woman so that regardless of what life throws at her, she 
has tools and strategies to take it into stride and everything that comes into her life helps her evolve and expand. So she's never stuck in one place. She's never blocked. She is continually evolving and is really connected to spirit, to emotion, to the physical and to the mental. That is beautiful. And it's very interesting when you gave the breakdown of the three layers of I want to say chaos, but it's not. Overwhelm. Yep. Yes. Chaos or chaos. <laughs> yeah, it is totally. When you move backwards and you deal with the emotions and you learn how to manage, you shouldn't even say manage, but process emotions from a healthy space and you allow them to flow the way they should, all of a sudden, all these other areas are affected in positive ways. The relationships you have are no longer strained the same way. Right. Because you don't attach to the emotion in the moment. Emotions are a fascinating thing when we look at what they are and how they function and how they are literally representations of things that we experienced when we're young and then they just play out slightly different in a hundred thousand different ways throughout our life. I love what you're doing. This is so amazing. <laughs> so amazing. Feels good to me. It's definitely changed my life. <laughs> well. This is the thing. Once we really truly understand how we function and how we can function better for ourselves, it creates a whole different environment for us in the rest of the world. Yes, exactly. You can't change the world, but you can change yourself. And when you do change yourself, as a result, you end up changing the world without having to try so hard. (laughs) Without trying so hard. And It's so true. The way that we look at things from a space of this is a gift, even when it's hard, even when it seems like the world is crashing in on us or I don't know, whatever life is throwing at us at the time, we experience things, but it's our meaning that we're placing on it that shifts. And then from that space, we can create something really amazing, or we can be drawn into that experience in a way that pulls us into only one option. Right. And it's our view. It's our view. And I love that you call this courageous. I, I'm wearing a shirt today. Can you see that? <laughs> I'm wearing a shirt too. Yay. <laughs> Yay, <laughs> we're not naked. <laughs> <laughs> You're hilarious. Okay. Can you see the shirt? Yeah, it says fearless. That's right. There is no such thing as fearless. <laughs> no. I'm t- like absolutely not. And this is why I put this shirt on today because I was like, what shirt do I want to wear? I want to wear a word shirt. I want to wear something that's got like some, some something with it today. And then I was thinking about this, about fearless. And there is no such thing as fearless. We are never in a state where we're completely fearless. We are in a state of bravery. We're in a state of courageousness. But we're never fearless. There's, fear is a great gift within us and also a massive inhibitor, depending on what we do with it. Right. Yeah. Like any emotion, they all have their shadow and their light. Right. And it's funny as you're talking about like, are you the chaos or are you the calm? Are you this or are you that? Are you the opposites? But always remember, it's like holding a stick. These things sit on either end of the stick. And when we're centered and we're grounded, we have both. We have access to both and we can tilt that stick whichever way we choose. It's just- which way we choose choose to lean that stick. Right. Can I tell you about courage? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember looking up once on 
fabulous Google, what's the difference between bravery and courage? And I came across this explanation that I love. I love this. I already know what this is going to say. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I'll tell you why it's related to self-care. So bravery is, it's usually something we ascribe to someone else. Like we say, oh, that person's so brave. And the reason is because we might have a fear around something, but the other person doesn't. So for example, if I go up to speak in front of a thousand people, I don't actually have fear around that. I love it. It gets me excited. I am super stoked to share my message. I love speaking. Someone who's terrified of speaking would say, oh my gosh, she's so brave for going up there. But for me, it's actually an absence of fear. Right. So that's bravery. Courage is acting and moving forward in the presence of fear. And Absolutely. courage is about your core. It comes from which is your heart in French. And it's being in alignment with what's happening with your heart and also getting your mind on board. So the great, amazing thing about courage is that you identify that there's fear and you also identify what's on the other side of that fear. And that's a value or something that you're willing to move through the fear in the name of. So it might be love, it might be compassion, it might be beauty, it might be creativity. When you can define what is on the other side of that fear, which is also another way of knowing your why, yep. another way of saying um, it's important to know your why, then instead of pushing through that fear, what you get to do is magnetically be drawn towards the value that's on the other side. You're making a conscious decision with your mind and with your heart that what is so important to you is worth moving through that fear. And that is a huge part of courageous self-care is it's, it's very rarely about striving or pushing through or forcing yourself to do anything. When you know the, the deeper way of moving through life, the more graceful way, it's so much more about receiving and opening and allowing and surrendering. And I, that is what I've uncovered is so important about self-care is you never have to force yourself to do anything when the time is right when you have used the strategies and the tools to move through whatever has been blocking you, it is so much more about receiving an opening. And that is why it does take so much courage to become a better version of yourself. And that's what our soul is always wanting to do is to expand. And right. that's why I love the idea of courage because yes, there's fear and there's something so much bigger than any obstacle that is in front of me. It's interesting that you just said your soul wants to expand and all I like immediately I thought as the universe expands because we are energy and motion we are the universe with the universe sits within us we are always expanding mm -hmm. or contracting based on our based on our choices based on our decisions based on our beliefs based, based on how we perceive life we're expanding, contracting, expanding, contracting. Hopefully, expanding, contracting, but expanding more. Always expanding more. Always growing more. And it's interesting as you talk about receiving and surrendering. <laughs> so this kind of deals a little bit with laws of attraction when you talk about surrendering, right? So yeah. I want this and then I let it go. Yeah. Right? This is the space of unconditional love. I want this but I, I absolutely appreciate this for what it is. I see the gifts in it and I accept this and I let it go. Now, giving and receiving, I think this is something that people really need 
more than anything in the world is to learn how to receive. Again, mm -hmm. same stick, same stick. You can't have one without the other. I can't take a breath and not expel it. I can't right. expel a breath and not take it. I don't live that way. We don't live that way. We have to be able to receive. And it's not a selfish, oh, the whole premise around I'm being selfish if I do this or that's greedy of me to want this. To be able to receive means we come from a space that we can give so much more from. Yeah, from the overflow, the overflow that's of energy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And without being able to receive, if we block receiving, we're always coming from a state of lack. And no wonder we are wandering around going, <sighs> I'm always looking to fill that space with something around me, someone around me, some experience around me. So I'm saying yes to a thousand things in a day. I'm not saying no to anything. I'm not giving myself what I need because I can't receive. Right. And what is super important about that too, I was just working with a client who she hired me because she wanted to be in a loving relationship. She was ready yep. for it. She's ready to manifest the man of her dreams. And what in our first session together, I noticed that she, everything that like she created an amazing vision. This guy sounded fantastic. <laughs> and then to start magnetizing herself to bring him into her life. She wanted to go outside of herself. And I said, actually, right. everything you need is inside you. Yep. And so what we're going to do is focus on cultivating your self-love yeah. because the more loving you are to yourself, the more loving um, energy you'll have for others. And it'll be so much easier to draw that love towards you. I'm telling you within we had a, an amazing session where she rediscovered what it felt like to be in her body instead of her mind. She said, oh my gosh, it's like I've had this best friend that I've been ignoring for decades, speaking about her body. And she yeah. said, everything that I was looking for, sensuality, touch, uh, acceptance, love, trust, oh my gosh, it's all inside of me. And yep. within less than a week, this guy showed up in her life. And he's someone who's been there on and off for 10 years. He went off and had a different relationship last year, even though my client was romantically attracted to him. And within a few days of the session we did, we cleared out so much anger and attracted so much of the magnetic energy that she was looking for. This guy showed up in her life and fits everything that my client had laid out. <laughs> and said, I'm ready to be in a power couple. I'm ready to be a power couple with you. That's amazing. Right? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's so funny that you say, no, 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 no. Don't look external. You and I just talked about this before we started this recording. We were talking about the external versus the internal. And the more we look at the external, the external is just a reflection of our internal. Yeah. The external is only a reflection of your internal. So if you have struggle with relationships, it's because you're struggling with yourself. If you have struggle with money, it's because you're struggling with money within yourself. These are all, all blocks that just need to be cleared. And we do this by going inside, not outside. That's push, that's force of energy. We talk a lot about energy, Christina and I do because we understand what we are. <laughs> We're these awesome energy fields. And once you understand how energy is moving, 
you understand much better of how to resolve energy issues and how to clear up some of the struggles that we're facing when we stop looking at the push and the force of energy. Yes, energy can be forced, but then once it's moving in that direction, if that's not the direction we really want, which more often than not, we think we want something and we don't we don't have a clear vision of what that really means and why for us. If we look at the deeper why, we'll always have our true our true direction, our true purpose, our, our true driver. Our, well, actually, it's not really a driver. It's more like a, it's the pole, right? We were talking about yeah. the static pole, but it, I refer to it as the freight train. <laughs> um, the freight train, it's pulling you and people better get out of the way or get on board because yeah. this is happening. <laughs> Yeah. Instead of you forcing it and pushing so hard and trying so hard, life isn't about trying so hard. Energy doesn't work that way. It like once the energy starts moving, it's moving. Yeah. So you want to make sure you're directing it in the way you really want it to be. And the best way to do that is internally. Right. And here's the thing about pushing. If you think about a physical example, like let's say you're pushing against a wall or you're trying to push a rock. As soon as you have the idea of pushing, there is an obstacle. There's something that you have to push against. And energetically, why would you create that for yourself? When you're receiving that wall or that rock or that obstacle energetically is gone. It's not even there. And then you are so open to receiving what you need to move forward. That's right. It's a completely different paradigm shift. And it came from a teacher that I have earlier this year, she was talking about if you're having money problems specifically, start setting your intention to receive. When you exercise, set your intention that you're going to receive. When you are doing anything, be open to receiving. When you're breathing, when you're meditating, set your intention to receive and watch what happens because there's no longer that wall there between you and the money and the abundance. And speaking of money, and being able to receive gratitude falls in line with this too. So every mm-hmm. time something comes along, like someone buys lunch or um, <laughs> I had the funniest thing happen two weeks ago. I got this thing in the mail that was unexpected money that had been like by accident found by this company that they, they owed me. And when I talked to the gentleman <laughs> on the phone about this, he said, that's really weird. Normally, they never go back this far. I don't know how you ended up with this credit, but good for you. And I went, hmm, isn't that funny? Ha <laughs> Yes, this is how it works. Right? So start being grateful for all those dimes that show up on the street or the dollar that you find or the whatever. Whatever it is, be grateful because gratitude will draw higher and higher vibrations of energy to you, greater and greater experiences. The more grateful we are, the more we recognize it, the more we experience it. Yeah. And you set yourself up as a magnet for more experiences to be grateful. So that makes me think of this uh, client I was working with last week and her, one of her mantras that I happen to use as well is large, rich, lavish, opulent financial surprises now come to me and I am grateful. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) I got it from the four spiritual laws of prosperity. So she was telling me that that was her mantra. And then she was telling me about how she has a man in her life that she's not romantically involved with, but he's a a best friend and he has a lot of money and he lavishes a lot of it on her. And she was saying, I don't want money that way. 
Oh, but <laughs> like he why? Bought her a, he bought her a house. He pays for her groceries and she is wow. getting her healing business off the ground. And she put restrictions on her receiving. So she said, I don't want That's exactly money. right. That's yeah. exactly right. You don't want to put a restriction on how money comes to you ever. Right. You yeah. want to say, yes, I am I, open to this. Yeah. Don't you think that the universe is expressing itself through him? And he has all this money. He has no one to spend it on. And he's he, happy to do this. It makes him feel good. It's his right. gift to you yeah. and his gift to allowing money to flow because it's meant to flow. It's never meant to be stagnated. Right. Just like no energy is meant to stagnate. Yeah. And I was having the same discussion with my daughter because <laughs> she'll say she wants stuff and mm. then it will come to her in a roundabout way and then she'll feel guilty right. and she'll block it. I said, sweetie, <laughs> if you are open to abundance, that means you have no restrictions on how it comes to you. And if you say no, you're sending very mixed signals to the universe. That's right. That's right. So open up to receive. I've always, I always thought to myself, I'll make my own money. I don't yeah. need somebody else's money. I don't want somebody else's money. And talk about very, very clear message to the universe. I'm sorry, I'm blocking all other ways for money to come through to me. The only way I'm going to do this is the painful, hard push way. It's yeah. only me, <laughs> right? And then it's been, it's really been over like the last probably two years, I started um, a, a mantra of a sort. And I use this also with clients. I get paid for being me. Hmm. It's an excellent mantra. I get paid for being me. People just pay me for being me, whatever that means. I, I look at perfect examples of people who get paid for the, being them. You have YouTubers. <laughs> the yep. primary example of people getting paid for being them. You have like one of my favorite, I, I really like speed and I love cars <laughs> that do crazy things. So there is Kent Block or Ken Block and he is a rally driver, but he's also a stunt driver. He's so crazy in the stuff that he's able to do. And it's amazing to watch him. And I highly recommend you punch him up on YouTube because his stuff is really cool. But he gets paid for being him. Tony Hawk got paid for being him. He's a skateboarder. He turned his passion into money. How do we do this? You accept money coming through for you being you. Yeah. Just allow money to come through for you being you. And why shouldn't you? This is the biggest question. Why shouldn't you accept being paid for being you? Because what you bring to the table is you. Well, yeah, there's no good reason not to accept it. Not <laughs> to accept it. That's right. I get paid for being me. Whatever way money comes through, whatever avenue it should come through, I just get paid for being me. That's it. Yeah. It's simple. And yay. Thank you. Thanks thank you. And thank you. And dinner. thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for, so I had an example of that where, so I know that I teach all this stuff because I need to learn it at a really deep level. I am not above any of my teachings. I experience them all the time. I use all the strategies I use with my clients. And uh, last Christmas, I was salivating over these amazing John Flubog boots. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just a fun, silly example that has a lot of depth and meaning to it that I wanted these boots. And I happened to say out loud at some point when I was looking at them, I was showing them to my kids. <laughs> and, and there's love there. Oh my gosh. I so want those boots. They're so amazing. They won't make my life perfect and <laughs> in every way. 
And a couple days later, the kids, I think I was talking about them again, because they're just fabulous. And my kids said, mommy, we would like to buy those for you for Christmas. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. They're much too expensive. No. Block. <laughs> right? And then they both, my kids are actors. So they actually have great, sizable, lovely accounts of money that they have earned that we are keeping in trust for them. And we let them spend it from time to time when there's stuff they really want. And I, a couple days later, I said, you know what, you guys? I, I mistakenly put up a barrier to receiving from you. If you still want to buy me those boots, I would love for you to buy them. And there was a part of me that felt super guilty, like, oh my gosh, am I taking advantage of my children just for what I want <laughs> for footwear? Ah, because again, we're wrapping, I feel selfish. Yes. Right? I feel selfish and guilty. Ooh, so hard to receive in that state. Right. Yeah. And so I said, if you still want to buy those boots for me. It's really uncomfortable for me to receive them from you. And I will, because that is stretching me and it's stretching my ability to receive. And so they said, yes, we totally want to buy them for you. And I'm so grateful that I stretched in that way to receive these fabulous boots because every time I wear them, my son grins from ear to ear. He is so proud of himself. Same thing with my daughter. She just isn't quite so overt in her <laughs> experience. In her so my son's like, mommy, I bought you those boots. <laughs> and he feels so good to have been able to give in that way. And great opportunity for me to notice that me receiving also gives to him and his self-confidence and his feeling of importance. And isn't that funny? Because again, it's the same stick, right? Right. We need to be able to receive to be able to give others the gift to give also. Exactly. You can't have a world full of givers. Otherwise there is, <laughs> there's no giving. <laughs> but there's so many people that are like, I'm a giver. And I used to say that all the time. I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I'm a giver, but I was a horrible receiver. I blocked. Oh my God. I blocked so much. Right. And now I see giving and receiving as the exact same thing. It's the same. It's a coin. It's both yep. sides of the coin, right? It's the same thing. You cannot receive without giving because whatever is whatever you're receiving someone is giving it yeah so you are accepting that gift and you are giving them in the receiving of yeah it's Everyone's always the giver and the receiver that's right it's always the same and when we block it we block the gifts that come at us and there's so many gifts that come to us in any given day any given day it's so funny that you talk about shoes so I had a similar experience, but not with my kids. It was with myself. I saw these boots. I totally love them. My girlfriend and I are at the mall and we used to just walk and talk at the mall. And I see these boots and I'm like, oh my God, I love those. I don't want to spend that money on those. Um, but I really love those. And we'll see if I see them again or if I come back, maybe I'll get them. So we, we leave. A week later, we're out for our lovely little walk and we're walking in the mall because it's winter and it's freaking cold here. <laughs> So we're walking in the mall and I see those boots again and lo and behold, they're half price. Sweet. <laughs> it was like destiny with those boots and I love those boots. And they were like, they were such amazing. It was such an amazing little gift the universe gave me because it brought it into a price range that I was willing to pay, number yes. one. Um, and I said I really wanted them. So they became available to me the way I wanted them. Exactly. You know what I mean? 
Oh, I totally, I have a story that's exactly the same as that. It was, it was my boots that were called my Boxing Day Miracle Boots. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted these boots. They were fabulous. And I walked by the store and I, I think I tried them on and I loved them and I didn't get them. And I didn't want to pay that much for right. the boots. And then we were at a resort for Christmas. And then on Boxing Day, I saw the boots in the window, half price. And I went in and they said, oh, no, we sold the pair that was your size. I'm like, oh, well, I love them, but they weren't meant to be mine. And then, um, so they weren't in the window anymore. And then I walked by a little bit later and the boots were in the window again. And I went in. And they said, oh, good, we were hoping you would come back because we found another pair in your size and they're on sale. I'm like, ah, Boxing Day Miracle Boots. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. My son and I were talking about this. Okay, so you and I are talking about value right now, right? We're discussing what we're willing to pay for something. Yeah. Now, what I realize is those boots that I said I didn't want to pay that money for, I would have paid that money and more for because I love them. They They are truly like one of my favorite pairs of boots and I wear them. So they have great value to me, but my son and I are talking about this and he's like, oh, that's expensive. So when the kids were really young, I bought these pillows. They're like, they're stuffy pillows. Yeah. They were over at Restoration Hardware in their children's whatever section and, and they were $75 for these things each. So pretty pricey for a stuffy or a pillow, whichever yes. way you want to look at that. That was pretty yeah. pricey, right? Um, it had a big price tag on it. But I loved them when I saw them and they have become such significant things in my kids' lives, which I mm-hmm. never expected when I bought them. Yeah. I just thought they were really beautiful and they're cuddly and, and that they would be a nice pillow for them. They could take them and, and um, they'd be something nice for them. But they have become so significant that now I would have paid thousands of dollars for that thing, knowing now what yes, it's worth. Right right? And my son was saying, like, we were talking about this particular stuffy this morning. And he goes, oh, $75, that's expensive for a stuffy. And I said, yes and no. When we look at value, value isn't about money. Value becomes very much about what we're gaining from it. So the money we pay for things, often we can get something that's very expensive because it doesn't contain value. Or we could have something that was really cheap that has so much value. You're like, wow, I would have paid way more for that mm-hmm. knowing the value that this holds or vice versa. Like it was, you know, had a pretty big price tag, but the value is incredible. So therefore it was super worth its money. Yeah. And I think it's really valuable that you're saying that to relate it to self-care and one of Me the mistakes too. that people tend to make. So I'm going to go probably in a different direction from you, but I doubt it. Actually, I think you're going in the exact same direction I'm thinking. (laughs) Okay. So self-care, one of the biggest mistakes people make is that it should be done by yourself because that word self is in there. And what I perceive to be some of the best self-care that I've ever gifted to myself and invested in is mentors, people teaching me how I want, like they have what I want. And so I, I have invested a lot of money and time and energy into personal development. And I see that as the best investment I can make 
it, there is no price tag I could That's put right. on what I've gotten from my mentors. And it has been painful every time I have invested the money. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> but it's because you've placed value on you. And this is where exactly. I think, this is where I think value is really misunderstood. And it's so important that we prioritize ourselves. Yes. That we place value on us instead of everything external. Because when we're looking from that space of the external, and we don't see the value in ourselves and how important it is to take care of ourselves. Again, it's that giving and receiving. I can't give from this space. I'm a, oh my God, the parent I have become over this last mm -hmm. year, over the last two years is night and day different from the parent I was. The person yes. I am to the rest of the world and what I offer is so different. I bring value to every conversation I have. I never leave that conversation without something I'm giving ever now mm -hmm. because I value me and I see the value in me, but we'll never see that if we're only looking from the external because then we're taking everybody else's opinions, everybody else's picture, and we're trying to make that our own. Yeah. And it takes an investment. Like if you it don't does. have self-love, you're going to need to learn how to invest in yourself so that you cultivate that self-love and learn how to have it. It's same with Absolutely. all of the values and core attributes that we want. Yeah. If we don't have them, we're going to have to do something uncomfortable to get them. And money is the... It's a major it, driver in our external world. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it it's energy. And so you're investing energy in a way that you haven't before, because it's uncomfortable, something has to shift. And that is, that is one of the key components of self-care is you're going to have to get uncomfortable. Self-care isn't all about, oh, that massage felt amazing. Yes, massage is important. And yes, please take care of your body. Oh, and But even the massage sometimes in the beginning is uncomfortable. It feels oh, great afterwards. Yeah, you're right. Right. But in yeah. the beginning, it's uncomfortable. Same thing with Cairo. It's the same thing with anything that you do for yourself, except maybe a haircut. Well, yeah. maybe your hair is completely unruly and it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So that, that is why courage is partnered with self-care in my world, because you're going to have to get uncomfortable to take the best care of yourself, to get the things and be the person that you actually want to be in this lifetime. Absolutely. You and I were talking about the uncomfortable and the comfort zones and the things that people refer to as the space of knowing, right? Our brains function in such a cool, awesome way that have allowed us to evolve to the state that we're in today. We have about 60,000 thoughts on any given day. That's, that's a lot of thoughts. And yep. of those thoughts, about 70% of them are negative, right? So why is that? What's going on here? What's really happening here is it's your primitive brain keeping you in the known because the primitive brain is what's gotten you here this far. We are the dominant race for a reason. Now, your primitive brain, its primary function is to make sure that you stay safe and get through this life. That's awesome. Problem is <laughs> the good and bad, right? It's the stick. That's right. <laughs> it's the both sides of the stick. It does some awesome things to protect us but it also does a lot of things that destroy us in the protection of staying safe. If I don't know what is coming on the other side, right? So I'm 
I'm facing something that I want to do that's really exciting, but I've never done this before. I don't know the steps, right? So this is the same thing as I'm going to take on a new teacher because I don't know these steps. If I did, I already would have done it, right? I'm in the known. I'm going to the unknown. I want this thing in my life. It's amazing, but I don't know how to get here. Your brain will literally (laughs) move you back into the known. No, you don't want this. Who do you think you are? It'll tell you a thousand things in a day, thousands of things in a day that will draw you back into what you know, because that's how it keeps you safe. If it knows it, it can predict it, and therefore it can keep you safe. Primary function. This is how we've evolved. We live in a different world today, though. We have an incredible frontal cortex, which is your logic center, and that allows you to make some really incredible choices in your life, and it allows you to be really creative. It allows you so many new opportunities. But the problem resides with your primitive brain that hijacks your frontal cortex regularly. It's why these negative thoughts keep coming up, right? This is why I'm like, oh, but... I shouldn't do this or that's crazy. I shouldn't start a I shouldn't start a McDonald's. There's a whole bunch of burger places out there. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't do this or um or that's really risky. Oh my god, I I've got a family at home. Yes, it's true. What's on the other side of that risk? Sometimes we have to really be courageous enough to look at the other side and say, is this worth it to me? What's the value? What's the worth? What's the why? What's the meaning behind what I'm about to attempt? Because if I see the value in what I'm about to attempt, I'm going to do it because it's worth it. There's so much value in it. And it's also important to consider the cost of inaction. So Absolutely. if you say exactly the same, <laughs> what is going to, what are you going to miss out on? Well, the FOMO, well, the fear of missing out. And I have made some really major important decisions based on if things stay exactly the same as they are now, even if it's for the next three months, that is not a life that I want to live. I'm not okay with that. And so we can get our value from looking at the cost of not acting. I totally agree. That was actually the very first, I've had numerous teachers and guides and coaches and mentors in my life, lots and lots of them, um, and influences. And one of the first ones that I worked um, with on mindset had said something very wise to me when I tried to walk out of his office without doing something. I said, I don't have money for this. I don't have time for that. Of course, I come up with all of, right, right. All the things that we think, because this is your mind literally keeping you in what you know. It is. Very convincing. It's, it, and it is because, hey, I don't have the money for this. So he said to me, he's like, that's fine. If you want to leave, that's fine. And he was right. He said, I just want to ask you this one question. If you leave here today and do nothing, what is life going to look like in one year, five years, 10 years? I literally started crying. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I started crying. I was like, oh my God. Because when you place it in the, if I continue down this road, and I try and figure it out on my own, which I haven't done to this point. So, yes, <laughs> because we think we should be able to, because we're smart. Yeah, we're smart. We should be able to do this stuff on our own. It's not the case. Sometimes you just need a key to unlock all the knowledge you have. And someone has that key that you haven't found yet. This is what I discovered with the last 
um, I, I have numerous coaches pretty well at any given time that I'm doing different stuff with. But this one coach I worked with, uh, she was amazing. And she literally gave me the one key I needed to unlock 15 other doors that were ready to go. I had already accumulated so much knowledge, but I wasn't implementing. And all I needed was one, one little thing that took me down the path to open it all up. And what a life-changing experience that became because she had a key that I couldn't find. Right. And man, oh man, was I ever grateful for that. And now I am so fortunate because I get to, just like you do, we get to gift people these keys that unlock things within them, right? And it's such a gift for me to give, but I get to receive the most amazing experience every time I watch someone transform. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it makes, it brings me to my knees. It makes me cry. Like I am so absolutely humbled and blissful to be able to give that. Now, when you hear me say that I'm feeling this way to give something, doesn't it make you want to receive? (laughs) Doesn't it make you want to open up (laughs) to receiving? Because that's what you are giving someone else and you're receiving. Yeah. Kind of funny, hey? The value that we see in others, the value we see in ourselves, putting the priority on us because we can give from such an incredible space when we find our value. And you won't find it if you keep looking outwards. And you won't find it either if you keep on buying into the excuses that have kept you where you are. Yeah. And we're talking hard stuff today. And I know this is going to rub some of you in ways that is going to make you very uncomfortable. I had a conversation with a beautiful, beautiful soul who has been suffering for a long time, um, less than two weeks ago. And, and money comes up. So for, because for, this is, this is the reality that we live in, right? This is the external world. Money drives it right now. That is how things work. So money comes up and she says, I, I can't afford this. I've never had money for this. I've never had money for personal growth. And, but then we're also talking about the, the um, spa treatments that she gets and the other things that she's got going on and the things that the kids are involved in. And I'm thinking to myself, this is interesting because the priorities are on everything but you. Yeah. Right? There's no value she's placed on herself. None. And she needs help. When I say she is a beautiful soul suffering, she is a beautiful soul suffering. I truly believe we live in an epidemic state at this point in society where we are so, so lost in what we want and what's important to us and who we are that we see depression, we see chronic stress, we see anxiety in the highest levels we have ever seen them. One in two people are on medication. One in two. That is crazy. And it's so not necessary. It's so (laughs) not necessary. And when we are absolutely stuck in our stuff, stuck in the emotions, stuck in the the value issue. Like I, I, again, I I can't help but think of her in such an incredible, like this all plays in what we're talking about today. When we talk about the value of ourselves, the priorities we place on ourselves and being courageous enough to take the step to love ourselves, 
and the person we become, because the person you are today is not the person you become. The person you become is the person you are so unbelievably proud of that you cannot stop loving yourself. You look in the mirror and you're like, you're freaking amazing. I love you. You're so awesome. I, I can't wait to see what I get to go out and do today in this world that's going to help somebody else or that's going to bring something to the world. How can I help? Because that's the space you come from when you're in love with yourself. How can I help? How can yeah. I, what can I do? What can I give? And that's the most incredible space because you're always receiving in that space too. Yeah. And it's not that you're giving from a place of I'm not enough and therefore I have to prove my worth. It's coming. It's a completely different vibration when you are experiencing deep, profound, steady self-love that is not attached to any outcome. You get to give from this very whole place and you're right. It's how can I serve? How can I give from this place of overflow? Well, and I find that it's not even a question of even asking yourself, how can I give? You just do. You just do. Like it just happens. Yeah. Yes. Like you just can't help it. You just do. (laughs) Yeah. And what I wanted to say about the woman you were talking about is it is so worthwhile noticing the excuses that your mind creates creates because those are the blocks that are holding you back in every area of your life. So if money is always the problem, how is it going to shift unless you do something very different? And it is so valuable to act differently in a way that is uncomfortable and scary. And what I wanted to say about my own experience is every time I've invested in myself, somehow, miraculously, over the course of whatever program or whatever um, time I've spent with each mentor, the money has showed up. And that Isn't is it funny. <laughs> it's, it's how the universe works. You're it is. Saying, it's the flow. I trust. Yeah. You're saying <laughs> I trust in abundance enough and in how the universe works. I'm trusting enough so that I'm taking this leap of faith yeah. and I trust that at some point it's going to come back to me. But it does. It Perfectly always does. Tenfold. money flows just like any other energy it is just a form of energy and you're right so when we're looking at how energy flows it's never meant to stagnate yeah right so if i'm desperately trying to hold on to my money i'm stagnating yeah i'm in a state of lack looking to control there is there is no flow in control none no I'm, I'm still sitting thinking on this beautiful woman that I, I don't know. I, I meditate sometimes on her. <laughs> mm. Interesting thing that I see now, it took me a long time to get to this point. So back when I was in finance, this was a hard lesson to learn. I can't change people. I can't convince them of things they don't want to hear, experience. No. No. People learn when they're ready. People open when they're ready. And usually it's because we're in such a painful spot, which is unfortunate, but we're in such a painful spot that we feel we have to do something because the energy is built up to the point of pain. Yeah. And now we have to move that energy. We have to. That was me in many ways in my life. And now I allow things to flow a lot better because you don't have to allow it you don't have to go into a state of pain point. No. To, 
like you don't have to, but in the beginning you do because that's, that's our process to learn to get to the stage where we learn we don't have to do that. That is unfortunate because that's how we're brought up, right? And yeah. unless we're taught otherwise, this is what we know. Yeah. <laughs> the known. It, it is our driver, the known. <laughs> Yes, it is. The familiar. Good old familiar. familiar. It may right. be painful and uncomfortable, but it is familiar. That's right. And how funny. It may be painful and uncomfortable, but we can still sit in it. Yep. How awesome. Because we can adapt to anything. So we might as well be making conscious choices so that we can adapt to... All the awesome. Yeah. The All awesomeness. the awesomeness <laughs> that life brings. Yeah the incredible opportunities because there are so many all there for you, but you don't see them right now in a state of lack. In a state of lack, we are focused on very few things. In a state of abundance, we are focused on all. It's like, what is that? Oh, what is that thing? Um, do you remember those pictures from the 80s, 90s, where you would kind of take your focus off? Oh, the 3D ones. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, like oh. that right? If we're focused on one thing, we only see the one picture. But guess what? Shift the paradigm, shift the focus, change this out a bit. And all of a sudden, there's more there. A whole bunch of other dimensions. A whole bunch of (laughs) other things. That's right. And I now have that. I wanted, I wanted to experience life differently. I wanted to be able to allow things to flow into my life with ease and I want to be allowed allow things to flow out of my life with ease. I want to experience cultures. I want to experience things and there's deeper meanings for me now. And so now these things are flowing into my life and changing and altering in beautiful ways, almost like a symphony. Yeah. And coming back to the judgment, when you are getting clear on what you want in life, I, I was reading this book, I mentioned it previously, The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity. And one of the major takeaways I had from that book is don't judge your dreams. Oh, your dreams God, no. are meant for you. There is no reason to say, well, I shouldn't want that. That's not okay. And I wrote out a list of my biggest, the biggest dreams I could cultivate. And I noticed that previously I had been pulling back on them because I thought those shouldn't be things that I want. Why okay. should I want that? Why should I want that? And then when I had that new lens, I realized, oh, I just want these things because I deserve them. And that is who I am. That's what I'm evolving towards. And it was amazing. And because I want to experience them. And what's wrong with that? Exactly. I, so, um, we, we haven't gotten here yet, but we're about to. <laughs> Christina is hosting an amazing festival um, called Courageous Self-Care Festival, and it's coming up in November. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But um, I am doing a talk called You Are the Puzzle. And this is exactly, exactly what comes up in this talk is we are constantly comparing ourselves to other people's puzzles, good and bad ways. So um, I shouldn't think this because... Um, that makes me selfish. Or I shouldn't want that dream because then I'm being greedy. Or again, it's all these ideas and beliefs we have based around something that isn't. Mm -hmm. And when we're looking at other people's puzzles, 
going, I want that, oh, but I shouldn't, or they have a worse off situation than I do, so I should be grateful. Yes, you should be grateful, but don't compare yourselves to them. Be grateful because your life is awesome. Be grateful because you have great things happening in your life, but don't avoid looking at you because their life is worse than yours. Mm -hmm. um, but again, back to the puzzle, when we're looking at, you were saying, I, I had all these big, big dreams. And, and then I thought, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have that dream or I shouldn't want that or I shouldn't whatever. Why shouldn't you? Exactly. Because I'm just putting judgments on myself. Like that's vain. That's too much. That's. And, and okay. So then yeah. I have to ask you this. Why do you think that? Why do you think that's vain? Why do you think, because this is really getting down to the root of belief systems and influences that we've carried now as our own. Why do you believe that you shouldn't have that? That's vain. Yeah, well, it's from conditioning. Absolutely. It's from the, the idea in my family that we have enough and you shouldn't want more than that because that's greedy. So that's where mm -hmm. that was coming from for me. And now what I have learned from all the programs and development and mentors is that when I have more than enough, then I get to channel it into things that are important to me. And I can yep. use that more than enough in ways that are going to make a tremendous difference. Absolutely. It, I, I came across this, um, this interview with, uh, I want to say it was Robert Kiyosaki. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. It was, but someone like him anyways. And he was saying, it's selfish of you. And I love this. It's selfish of you to not want to make money. <laughs> well, yeah, then other people have to take it like, do because, it all for you. <laughs> well, I, 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 it threw me for such a loop when I, when I heard this. I went, what? And then he describes it. And he's like, because the things you can do from a space of lots, from a space of abundance, are unlimited, right? Okay. And I used to tell people, when you have lots of money, it just opens up more options to you, mm -hmm. right? So I worked with a lot of very, very wealthy people in finance, and we talked about different areas that they could put this money to use in really productive, awesome ways. And why would you not want to do that? Because at some point, you have enough. And you're like, you know what? Now I get to do really fun things with this that really benefit other people too. Why would I not want to do that? Yeah. And there's more than enough for everyone. There is more than enough for everyone. And now I'm, now I'm on a mission. I'm like, I want to have as much money as I can humanly possibly encounter in this lifetime because there's a lot of things I want to do. I want to start a foundation um, that's going to help families and perpetuate education for them so they never, ever, ever need low-income housing again. Mm. I, I want to fund a school that will literally change the way that we are educated today. Like, there is a lot of places I want to stick large sums of money. And if I block the ways that I take money in, if I, if I judge myself, if I don't value myself enough, I'll never be able to reach these levels to do the things I really want to do that make an impact. Yes, this is the kind of self-care that gets me excited. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> be courageous, people. Say yes. I talk about standing up for yourself. Stand up for you. 
Because when you do and you take that courageous step forward, because it is, the first step's always hard, right? Always and painful and uncomfortable and all the excuses and doubts come up and you can still step Primitive forward. brain. Hello, primitive brain. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. That's literally all you're dealing with. Yeah. All this pain and uncomfort and, and that doubts and thoughts that come up are just your primitive brain at work. Keeping you safe. back there. Thanks yeah. for trying to keep so, me safe. That's exactly it. Now I recognize it. And that's exactly what I do. I'm like, thank you so much for keeping me safe, but I got this. Yeah. I got this. That's my logic center now coming in saying, Mm-mm, nope, I'm driving this bus. I am. I talk about the monkey and the squirrel. I don't think you've heard my little analogy. No, no. Squirrel. So this is the perpetual or um, petulant twins, I call them. So you're driving your car and the twins are in the back and that's fear and doubt. And really it's your primitive brain at, at its finest, the twins. They're <laughs> sitting there in the back seat. They're punching the seat in front of them. They're kicking it. They're yelling. They're fighting with each other. And now they're getting so loud and crazy that the driver turns around and tries to correct them, right? So this is mm -hmm. your brain. Your logic center is now being pulled back into the chaos of the primitive brain who's gotten very loud. This is the hijack that happens 70% of your thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. Driving that car. Who's driving the car? Well, that is, it should be it should be you, but you're no yeah. longer there. You're dealing with the twins. Right. right? Well, you're dealing with the twins. Open for random chaos. <laughs> open for random chaos. And then we wonder why our lives turn out to be these crazy things that have life is happening to me because it is at that point. No one's driving. Right. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> dealing with the twins. I'm dealing with the twins. Don't mind me. I'm going to be here for a bit. <laughs> Shit, we just crashed <laughs> because I didn't see it coming because the twins have got me distracted and that's us. That's us. Getting those but it doesn't have to be. It does not have to be. Does not have to be. That's, I love that you, I love that your company is called Courageous Self-Care. That is, that is the name of Christina's company and mine is Fear It Goes because we're dealing with very similar things, but yes. not, but through different avenues. Um, but I, I love it because it's so important to really understand and be able to move through the functioning that tries to stop us. Yeah. It's again, that stick that is so helpful in some ways and so destructive in others. Courage is absolutely needed for the first steps. When I said yes to that first, that first coach, that mindset coach that I worked with, God, that was years ago. Um, I'm not kidding. I was terrified to say yes to him because <laughs> he called me out on my bullshit. And I didn't realize it was even bullshit until after I left his office and I'd signed papers and I went, oh my God, what did I just do? I just said yes to this and ah. Uh, and I was definitely in my back in my panic zone going, did I just make a mistake? I said yes to all this money, blah, blah, blah. Best thing I ever did for myself. Best, best thing I ever did for myself because I confronted, I stepped into some courage and I confronted the stuff that was holding me back. And now, where would I be today? Oh my God, where would I be today if it weren't for convincing me 
Well, really, just being honest with me, what will life be like? Yeah. What are the risks that you're not looking at? Because you're looking at the risk of the money. And if your coach is worth anything, they'll be able to, you'll make that money back tenfold. Yeah. Well, there's no way that you can't can't. unless you don't do the work. It's exactly right. Yeah. As long as you're open to doing what they are offering, because they're giving you keys. As long as you're willing to open those doors with those keys, there is absolutely no way that you cannot experience the shifts. There's, there's no way you can't. Right. Yes. They might not look the same as what you anticipated, but generally they'll be even better. Oh, they're almost never the way you anticipate. (laughs) (laughs) Almost never the way you anticipate. But that's the excitement of life. You get to discover how it, how it evolves and how it blooms. Yeah. And you see it for this incredible beauty that it really is. And the magic that you are. Magic. Okay, let's talk about the self-care festival because it's super exciting. Okay, so Christina birthed this idea last year was the first year of the festival, right? Yeah. Previous to that, I had done events where it was very full of struggle to get three to eight people in a room. And I was ready to give up on events because it was just so painful. There's so much judgment towards myself and everything was seeming like a failure. And then I had a coach who said, well, you should do a really big event. And I thought, yeah, okay. (laughs) Why not go a hundred times bigger than what I was aiming for? (laughs) Which is hilarious because this is exactly what we talked about, about giving up, seeing the value, what's the risk. And here you are, well, I failed at this. Well, it's not really failure. It's learning. Not really. No. Right, right. I don't look at failure as failure at all. No, just in um, the harsh way that I have judged myself. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Cause that's the word failure to us tends to be a judgment, but, um, you had had these experiences with these events that were hard to fill that weren't blossoming into the beautiful flower that they should be. Right. We're not matching my expectations. No. And it was a struggle and a push and a hustle. And then it was, you're not dreaming big enough. Let's try something different. Yeah. I love that your coach really pushed you. Yep. In a direction that you weren't thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one, what happened prior to that was I was in meditation one day and I had this idea for a giant event. I wrote it all down and I looked at the paper afterwards and said, I do not know what to do with this information. Close the book, <laughs> put it on the shelf. <laughs> and then months and months later, the coach said, yes, I, I have this model. It's fail safe. You'll get hundreds of people there as long as you follow step by step. And I went, oh, now I know what to do with that page. I totally remembered that I'd written it all down. It was all there. I knew who I was going to ask to participate and what the day would involve. And yeah, it turned out to be even better than I anticipated. It was really nice to get into a room with people who are all seeking the same thing, some with keys, some with um, the desire to have keys. Right. Yeah. And this is year two. This is year two. So at the end of the day last year, I was, I had, uh, there were dozens of prizes, like amazing gift baskets filled with stuff from the vendors in the wellness marketplace and the speakers, like all the stuff that they felt would enhance people's self-care. So we had this giant lineup of people doing, holding their prizes and we're doing draws. And I said, I don't know. 
I was on stage. It was like a game show. It was very fun. I was drawing names and giving out prizes. It was fabulous. And I, I said, I didn't know up until this point if I wanted to do another festival, but in this moment, I'm feeling so amazing that I am going to say yes to next year. And here we are in the next year, but what unfolded. So I did several of my own podcast episodes on what the festival meant to me at a deeper level and what it felt like. It was the same intensity and work as planning a wedding. And what it felt like was that I had a commitment ceremony to courageous self-care. In the past, I've worked on businesses or careers and three years has been the time that I either something has happened and I've had to leave or I've chosen to leave. And mm, the number so three. For, I know, very interesting. <laughs> and so for courageous self-care, it literally felt like I had a commitment ceremony saying, this is it. This is what I'm devoting myself to. And that is where I am today. So it's been three and a half years. I'm definitely feeling like maybe I should be doing something different. <laughs> maybe I need to shift it a little bit. But no, I had a coach who said, Christina, forget that. <laughs> Live beyond the three-year mark. And thank goodness push for coaches. past the, <laughs> yes. the known, push past the known. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And, and see what's so, on the other side. Yeah. Here we are second year of the courageous self-care festival. And it is, it's truly a magical and transformational day. So there's a choose your own adventure part of it where there are 12 different speakers in four different time slots and you get to choose which speakers you want to go and listen to. There's a wellness marketplace and it's not just any wellness marketplace. So my intention with the marketplace is to expose participants to a bigger vision of what self-care can be for you. So it, it's not just, it's not just anything. It's not what you have thought of self-care in the past. There are alternative healers. There are alternative products. There's jewelry. There's makeup, there's all the things you think and then beyond. And the vision with the marketplace is to have meaningful conversations and connections. And so I have a wellness passport where in the program, every vendor that you visit and have a meaningful conversation with, you get a check and then you complete your passport and there's a prize for everyone who goes into the draw for completing the passport. And then um, I'm doing a keynote about how to overcome overwhelm and be calm in the chaos so that you're the second lady I described, not the, the storm. And <laughs> <laughs> But understand, we will always have moments of storm. That's Absolutely. normal. Absolutely. That's normal. And it's so valuable to, to come. have, yeah, <laughs> it ha space. it's valuable to have tools to move through it Yes. rather than to just be tossed about and feel like you're drowning that you don't have to live in that perpetual state that so many women live in. That you've been battered by the storm. Yes. Yeah. And that you have no idea what to do when you don't know your true north and you have no idea where you're going, but you'll just go along for the ride and you have no idea how to make it different. So it's valuable to have tools to weather the storm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So essentially in a nutshell, it is a full day of me time that is impactful and transformational and the energy alone. Like I had people come to me at the end of the day or throughout the day in tears going, Oh my gosh, I didn't know how much I needed this until mm. now that I'm here. Oh. And the energy of the room. So my kids and I were talking about energies and how 
we all, whether you believe in energy or not, we are energy. And you can walk into a room and it can feel really good. And that's energy you're picking up. That's your energy field and, and the energy fields of everybody else. And it's sitting at a certain level. So it feels really good. Or you can meet someone and immediately feel like something's not right there. That's the energy you're picking up. We experience this all the time. We can become very attuned to this or not. Now, when you go to an event like this, it's incredible. People will always talk about going to events that raise you up and you feel amazing for a couple of days afterwards. It's because you've picked up some incredible energy that's literally changed your own for a period of time. Yeah. Yes. So awesome to experience even just that, but that's not what this offers. This offer is so far beyond. And I love that you're talking about so many different areas that we can look at self-care from and how these are all different keys. So my key may not be the key you need, but Julie's may be the key you need. Uh Or Sam's may be the key you need. Or Scott's may be the key you need. Or it could be a combination of. But you have things available to you for you to pick up on. And trust me, you will know, and this is what I found with any of the mentors, coaches, um, guides that I've had over the years, over the ones, the big influences that have been my keys. And I'm betting that you've had the same experience. When you hear them speak or when you meet them, you know right there. You pick that up. It's the Mm -hmm. energy getting, right? You're like, yep, that's who I need or that's who I want. Yeah. And for me in the past, some of, those, some of those experiences were like, oh, I know I need this, but I'm sitting on it. Yeah. I sat with one. I followed this one coach that I ended up hiring. I'm not kidding. I followed her for four months. I felt like a, like a little quiet stalker because I just kept <laughs> following her and paying attention to what she was doing and stuff. And then finally just bit the bullet and said, yep, that's it. I'm going to do it because she was exactly what I needed. And I knew it from the second I encountered her I came across her and she's in Australia (laughs) (laughs) she was my key right she was the key right yeah so what I'd love to offer if you have listeners who are in Calgary or surrounding area and are wanting this day of me time and to learn take a deeper dive more into self-care that takes courage I have um, I have sponsored tickets that I would love to give away and so they can go to selfcareticket.com, click on any of the buttons that say activate my ticket, and that'll register you at no cost. Hooray! How awesome is that? You can experience a full day of absolutely amazing energy and transformation for free. Come. Yes. And the way that you know if you need to come is if you're feeling tension around it. And that might be the, uh, the tension of excitement, like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Or it might be the tension of, I, I totally don't need that. And that is your mind making up those excuses. Yep. If you feel nothing, then don't come because it's not right for you. But that's if you're right. feeling something, come. whether you would label it as positive <laughs> or negative or comfortable or uncomfortable, then you're, that's your body, which always tells the truth. That's your body giving you the signal <laughs> you need to be there. That's so true. That's exactly how I test everything now. How do I feel around it? Is it just yes or no? Or is there emotional attachment to this? 
if there's an emotional attachment, seriously, you should be at this event. Because <laughs> you will get something from it. You will. And it will be something that will benefit you that you need. Even if you just get triggered, that's valuable. <laughs> <laughs> because then you know there's something that needs to be drawn up and worked through. That's it. And, and if there's anything that you have learned, Christina, or I have learned through oh, the journey that is self, self-growth, self-awareness, um, and moving into the states that we have, it's this. Anything that triggers a, a big emotional response, I now run to. You? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you now know that this is something you want to work through because it hits, it gets you to the next level and the next level and the next level you want to resolve. Yeah. And it's so necessary. So if you're feeling anything from this, yay or nay, if you, and unless it's, an, it's just a like, meh, if it's a me, then it's, you're right. It's not for you. If you're feeling something though, like a no, I can't do that, or I shouldn't do that, or that's total junk, or that's woo-woo. That's my favorite statement these days. I'm like, <laughs> woo-woo, what the hell is that? <laughs> so ridiculous. It's woo-woo. It's not woo-woo at all. It's doing something for you. Um, but if you're feeling any of these things coming up, please come to the event because there's something that's going to come up for you that's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Whether, it's, yes. whether you see it that way or not, you will. <laughs> You will transform in ways that you could never imagine. That you don't imagine. You don't because you're not at that level yet to be able to see it for what it is. And then when you get to that level, you're like, damn, that was so awesome. Why didn't I do this before? Yes. Yeah. Why didn't I do this before? That's why now I run to these when I feel an emotionally charged. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? What's the underlier? And now I have the tools to manage that. And that's what we teach, right? Yeah. Or when I hear the words fall out of my mouth, oh, I could never do that. Or I can't do that. (laughs) Can't? Oh, no. I didn't (laughs) know I could say that. That's the one. There's a few words in my house that are uh, like hilarious swears. I swear. Like I use bad words that I shouldn't use around the kids. But I'm like, can't is a swear word here. You are not allowed to use that. That's like absolutely criminal in my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can say can. other things, but you cannot say can't. <laughs> that is not allowed. And then try is another one because it's yes. such a disempowering word. You attempt things. Absolutely. You attempt things and then you assess, but try is just a deflating word that really doesn't carry the power that you want in trying, trying to get something. You're not yeah, trying Yoda to knows. get something. You want it. You either do or you don't. That's exactly right. Yoda was smart. <laughs> <laughs> I like that guy. But how funny, is it, how funny is it that his name's Yoda? And really, he's just all the key principles of a yogi. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> oh, speaking of yogi, before we, before we wrap up anything here, um, I am reading the book, Autobiography of a Yogi. And I'm, I'm telling you, first of all, getting Getting it on Audible was the best thing I ever did because it's Ben Kingsley who narrates. Ooh, and I love him. Love yes. him. But there are so many incredible nuggets. It's like so many incredible nuggets in this book. I understand why Steve Jobs gave this to everybody. And he did. He gave it to everybody at his funeral. It was the only book he held on his phone. 
Mm. the only book. And he listened to this over and over. And I totally understand why. There are so many incredible nuggets that will teach you about the keys to yourself if, if you recognize them. Because right. I've done tons of work and because you've done tons of work and anyone who's done really deep dives into themselves, I joke around and call myself the archaeologist. <laughs> <laughs> but anyone who's done this will catch some of these keys and you're like, yes, yes, yes. And then there's other ones you're like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. That's brilliant. <laughs> because the knowledge is always there. We just aren't always open to it. And often we receive it through others. Yeah. We don't receive it through ourselves. I don't receive this through myself. I receive it because I'm open to listening to this book and I'm very open when I listen. I listen. It's a beautiful story of this guy's life, but it's not really the story of the guy's life. It's the mm. journey that I'm listening to. Yeah. Right. It's what I'm open to. Yeah. So that kind of summarizes everything that we've been talking about. And what we started with is there is, there's duality in everything. There is internal and external. Some things we will access through ourselves by being connected with spirit. Other things we need to access by connecting with other human beings who have yep. the key and being open to all of that and not judging where it comes from. That is all courageous self-care. Absolutely. Whoops. I, I thought I was on my own podcast where I had to summarize. <laughs> no, but I love that you did. <laughs> and we talked about value, valuing yourself because that is self-care babies. Yeah. Love who you are. And if you don't love who you are, it's because you haven't gone deep enough yet. Because trust me, no matter who you are, what you've done in your life, any mistakes you think you've made, they're just judgments you've placed on them. That's yeah. it. It's just a viewpoint you've placed on that experience because there's something in every experience, every single one that you've had that has brought you to the incredible person that you are underneath all the junk. Yeah, who you came as originally. You are this amazing, stunning, blinding light of beauty, bliss, joy, curiosity, love. And that's what you can put out into the world. And that's what you can put out into every relationship you have. That's what you can gift to any person you encounter when you do a little dig. And honestly, releasing all the rest because it's, it's, it's just noise. Yeah, that's who you want to get to. And that's, that's right. what courageous self-care is all about. And that's what Fear Goes is all about. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> love it. All right. So if you are interested, if this is charging you, come to the event. I'm going to have that in the notes. Um, just click on the link and you can get yourself a ticket to the most amazing event of the year. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. It's in Calgary at Mount Royal University on when? Saturday, November 16th. I know the date. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, I'm one of the speakers. There. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a super fun day. I promise. It's going to be so fun. Oh my God. It's going to be so fun. It may make you laugh. It might make you cry. It might might make you do all of it. And I hope it does. I hope it does. And on these wise, wise notes, Christina, I wish I could do Yoda's voice here. Being courageous is about taking the step. Yep. Taking the step, even when you're afraid, because you know your why and you know it's important and you really, really want this.
I love it. Thank you. This has been super delicious. (laughs) (laughs) I find conversations with you super delicious. Always. Thanks for being on the show, Christina, and have an awesome rest of your day. Likewise. And that concludes this week. My beautiful souls, I hope you enjoyed our crazy discussion around courageous self-care, why it's important, and how much you need to attend this festival, because you really should. You should come. If you are in the area, just contact me at info at uh, or contact Christina through the link in the show notes. Next week, we are talking about judgment. (laughs) Have you been judging yourself? I bet you have. Oh wait, yes you have. (laughs) It is natural for us to do this so I really want to bring this to the surface for you so you can stop doing it because it's definitely not serving you or anybody else in your life nor is it to be passing judgment. So we're going to talk about judgment and assessments and how to do it from a very very healthy space. Yay! I know you're excited. I'm excited to bring it to be honest Um, things like this need to come to the light a lot more so we can be much better people in the world. We can be much better people with our spouses, our kids, our bosses, our clients, whomever we share space with. Until next week, my beautiful, beautiful souls cannot wait. Cannot wait. I send you off with the most beautiful energy that I can possibly send you. Have an absolutely extraordinary week. Duncan, we're getting ready for sunnier days with our Sunrise Batch Iced Coffee. A bright and balanced iced coffee with notes of cocoa, tangy sweetness, and toasted nuts. Made to brighten every day a little more. Soak in the sunshine a little more. And fill every moment with a little more, more. Because we aren't just chasing sunsets anymore. We're counting sunrises too. Do more with Duncan's Sunrise Batch Iced Coffee. Brewed for brighter days. Enjoy a medium for $2. America runs on Duncan. Participation may vary. Limited time offer.